Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Happy Tuesday and welcome back to another episode of the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily and I am your host. If you are new here, welcome and thanks for tuning in today. For those of you who are curious about what I often talk about on this podcast, I would say it really just revolves around how to live and design a meaningful and fulfilled life. And for me, I see that as incorporating your professional career, building meaningful relationships, maintaining your health and wellness, etc., etc. So I essentially try to cover topics revolving around all of those and today's topic is actually more so on meaningful relationships slash dating slash kind of how we go about modern dating today if you guys couldn't tell by the title the guests i have on the show today they are the co-founders of the dating app foreplay which i will get into and describe a little bit before we jump to conclusions as to what this app may be but i love the concept and of course i'm always supporting female founded businesses and especially these two they were such a fun conversation to have on for this show but before we dive into the little about section of the guests i want to share really quick about my career ebook guide so i know i share this every week on every podcast but I just am so amazed by how many of you guys continue to invest in this book, invest in looking into it at least, and I know for those of you who recently graduated or will be graduating in the upcoming year or two, this time of year can be pretty stressful with finding a job, knowing how to go about the job industry, job market, how to get hired, how to stand out, you know, the best way to format your LinkedIn, your resume, your cover letters, all of that. And trust me, I know that because I was in your shoes before when I was in college and I only graduated in May 2019. So I'm pretty fresh out of college, but I did include essentially not just templates for all of those but I included a whole guideline from start to finish your mindset how to dress for the interviews how to speak to the interviewer or the employer how to answer difficult questions like when they ask you what's your biggest weakness (laughs) so I pretty much include all of that as a career ebook guide on my blog at emilyelizabeth.blog if you want to check it out Um, Again, feel free to email me or DM me if you have any questions about the ebook. Okay, and one more quick little update because I do always try to personalize my intros. I want to share that if you guys didn't know yet, I am now officially living in Los Angeles and I recently moved from Orange County, Newport Beach, Irvine area up to Los Angeles and I've been loving it here. I am so excited to be living in this new city although it doesn't feel too brand new considering i've been in california for five years so fortunately it's not too much of a change but i found like this was such a perfect time and i know many of you guys have been curious if you keep up with me on other social platforms so just be sure to 
check out my YouTube, um, my Instagram as well. I definitely post a lot of just previews of what my apartment is looking like and just kind of my whole moving process. So I will be posting more vlogs and so forth on my YouTube channel if you want to check it out. The links are always in the show notes or my Instagram link. All right, so let's dive in to the co-founders of Foreplay. So to give you guys a quick tidbit on Foreplay, and this is kind of more myself describing it in my own words, but Foreplay is indeed a dating app. But the trick on this app is rather than going about it solo, like we typically do on Tinder, Hinge, Bumble, whatever that may be, on this app, you are actually going about it with a friend. So you are pretty much having a friend like on your team and essentially it's just going on double dates and that's kind of the purpose of this app which they dive into kind of why they found this um, really vital and kind of the story of how they came about doing it as a double date but to give you guys a background on Julie and Danielle Julie was born and raised in northern New Jersey. She attended Penn State and graduated in 2014 and she actually majored in health policy and administration, as well as minoring in biology. And then later on, she went on to earn her master's of science degree from Rutgers University through their PA program in 2019. And that was actually kind of around the time they created slash thought of the foreplay mobile app idea. And now she is in the Upper East Side of New York City, which we love because Gossip Girl vibes. And on the other hand, Danielle is also in New York City as well, but she was raised in New York and Connecticut. She earned her bachelor's degree in elementary education at Penn State. And today she works on a maternal slash newborn unit at a large hospital in Manhattan. When she is not at the hospital, she works full-time on Foreplay, the dating app, which she co-founded with Julie. So that is a little bit of the background on the co-founders of this app. I want to kind of preface that this conversation is kind of explicit and also very much open and not a formal interview, which as you guys probably know by now, I love those kind of conversations. I try to keep it pretty raw and honest and I try not to filter through these honest experiences that my guests or myself have had. So as an FYI, I do get personal on this one as well and share with you guys my dating experience and so forth, which I always like, again, like to share because I think that's what builds deep connection and understanding between you guys and myself and as well as your friends. So without further ado, we're going to dive into the conversation today. Well, Julie and Danielle, thank you for joining me today all the way from New York in Upper East Side, is it? Or Upper East Side, I love it. Gossip Girl vibes. <laughs> um, but before we begin, how about let's just start from the very beginning. How about both of you share your individual journeys, backgrounds to where you guys are at today? Oh, I love that question. Um, yeah, it's like, uh, my story doesn't really make much sense. And I don't think Julie's does either. I mean, we both come from a background of healthcare. Um, so I'm Danielle and I'm a nurse. Um, I met Julie at Penn State. Um, I grew up in Connecticut, then went to Penn State. I actually majored in elementary education, weirdly enough, and then decided not to become a teacher, went back to school to get another bachelor's 
um, and then a master's in nursing. So um, I am a board certified nurse practitioner and somehow found myself as a co-founder of a dating app called Fork Life. <laughs> yeah. So for me, it all started on January 3rd, 1999. No, 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 no. <laughs> so I grew up in New Jersey. Um, of course, went to Penn State. That's how Danielle and I met each other. Um, I was, my plan going into college was to go to medical school after. So I started off as a biology major. Um, I shifted my focus my first year too much into partying. So <laughs> I didn't have the grades to continue with the biology major. So my mom called me and she was like, you know, you're not going to get into any kind of medical school or any kind of graduate school with your grades. So you should probably like think about a new, a new career. So <laughs> I shifted um, to public health and health policy um, and was considering going into more of like the public health aspect. And I got, like I straightened myself out, got very serious about my, about academics and my grades because knowledge really is power and education really is everything. And it's so important. Um, so I, my brain developed a little bit more and I realized that, um, took, you were still partying your fair share. Okay. But <laughs> the, ba the, balance, the balance was so much better though. Yeah. The balance was better, but let's, let's um, be real about blackout Betty. Okay. Relax. <laughs> I love this. I love this. Um, so anyway, so I got a lot more serious and, um, in my major, they started talking about mid-level providers, which I had never really heard of before and learned about the nurse practitioner and the physician assistant and loved how the, I'm very mission driven. So I loved how the mission of the physician assistant was to provide for the medically underserved. So I was like, found it. This is what I want to do. Really want to go to PA school. Graduated from Penn State, lived at my parents' house for two years, getting the rest of the classes that I needed and the hours. And then I went to Rutgers in New Jersey um, for PA school. And then when I was in my final semester, right before graduating, that's when Danielle and I um, conceived. An <laughs> conceived for <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's really where it all started. And yep. It just doesn't make any sense, but here we are. <laughs> That is so awesome. Okay, wait. So you said you developed or the idea came about your final year at Rutgers or was it afterwards? Oh, okay. So you were still at Rutgers. Yeah. Oh, so okay. I, yeah, I was still in school. I was in my final semester and felt so awkward because this is like a huge project to take on. And I was embarrassed, I guess is the word to, mm -hmm. to share it with my classmates because everyone else is like, so focused. I mean, I was too. You're focused on your rotations, on graduating, taking the boards, and then like I'm shadily going home and like working on this like dating app that I'm developing. So I didn't tell any of my my friends in my graduate program until like we basically launched. Yeah, we had a launch party, and then we were like, "Hey, we're gonna need you guys to come to our launch party." <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. Let's let's quickly dive into your college years. I want to hear about this partying phase. I think, I think it's a good setting because a lot of girls that listen to this are in that phase right now. And I think what I noticed when I was in college that so many people kind of think like you can't have it both ways. Like you can't be killing it in a professional setting and be a crazy partier. And that's something, I mean, I wasn't a crazy partier in college, but I definitely got the Penn State ways from my brother. I learned from him because I'm, <laughs> I'm eight years younger than him. So I knew about clubbing and bars and all of that, that I shouldn't have known when I was 13. And kind of when once I hit college, I was like, here we go. This is like college time. So I was very much like that too. But 
did have a sense of control over my direction of professional career, you could say. Um, and I think it's not promoted enough because I notice a lot of people who, let's say, are in the limelight and have a great career and whatnot, they don't, they're almost like put at fault if they show that they they drink and do all these normal human things that every, I don't know, 22, 25 year old wants to do. So um, obviously you guys have been through it. Definitely dive into it, um, you know, a little bit. Like what did you guys do in college? And, you know, any interesting stories where you where you would think on like a resume, it would look like, you know, you have this beautiful resume, you went to, you know, Rutgers, Penn State, did all that, but you still were doing this in your personal life. Like I kind of want to dive into that because everyone's always like, like, it's like majored in biology, minored in always hitting the last cup in beer pong. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I mean, I think that both of us were truly dichotomies. I mean, I, I definitely did not work as hard as Julie. I mean, I'm going to be real with you. Elementary education at Penn State, I, I honestly did not do a single thing for four years. Sorry, mom and dad. But <laughs> nursing school is <laughs> nursing school is when I actually like you know put put more effort into um, in into my studies. In college, I I didn't as much, but I did. I I really loved Penn State. Like not just partying and football. I loved Penn State. Mm-hmm. I was a tour guide there. I loved giving my tours. It was, it's called a lion scout, um, walking backwards, you know, (laughs) talking to all the prospective freshmen, um, and talking to their parents. Um, but I also, I I also had fun on the weekends. I mean, I would have a lot of fun before I had to wake up the next morning at 8am for a tour. Um, you know, so I both going on. I had both, you know, I was like kind of like growing up and becoming more um, sophisticated in that I was giving tours and having these professional, like professionally networking, Mm -hmm. but I was also having a good time. I mean, we were in a sorority, as you can imagine, Greek life gets a little bit crazy. Yeah. Um, So there was a mix of both for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think also um, just because of where I grew up um, in high school, my high school had a lot of parties, honestly. Mm -hmm. So Going into college, like, I already came from friends that loved to be social and loved to, like, always be going out. So that was, like, what I was used to. So I, like, wanted to, I guess, maintain that image mm-hmm. of, like, being social and going out. Yeah. But, um, I mean, the truth is I, I, like, learned a lot about myself at Penn State because I actually learned to, like, be accountable for my actions. Mm-hmm. Like, in high school, I... I could have done whatever I wanted. It was such a small school. Everyone knew each other. The teachers all knew, like I played sports in high school. I know you did. I know you were like really big into figure skating and stuff Mm -hmm. too. So I'm curious if you can relate on some level, like when you kind of get like extra special treatment because you're an athlete and And they know your family and like you you come from a nice family. Yeah. Did you know you? Do you have like similar experiences? I I do actually. I did get uh, some special privilege with my figure skating. Like I actually was given um, the okay to come into school late so I could skate in the morning. So I would show up to school at, I don't know, eight, sometimes nine. Honestly, my senior year of high school, I just was like, yeah, I'm going to take my nice time getting ready for school at the rink. And then, you know, maybe I'll swing by Starbucks on the way to school. And it was also because I had online classes during that block of time. So, I mean, I that, that made it easier. I know for some students like in high school, they might not have online or virtual classes as an option, but I had a mix of in-person and virtual. So it was like really nice. It was practically like pre-college for me. So. Wow, you're 
people was really ahead of the COVID yeah. curve. They, they, yeah, they, really. <laughs> they really were. So it, it was nice. And it was through like a virtual high school or system or whatever, where I think high schools were part of this program where they could offer online classes um, that were maybe a little bit more intricate than just like a basic calculus class or something. So um, yeah, I got that privilege. And every year, every Thanksgiving or Christmas, I come back to visit the school. And I always say thank you to the principal and make sure they know I came out okay. And I wasn't just taking <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, it, it comes, it, it definitely shows that. I mean, I think it's just a balance of being an athlete and a responsible person individual and then I mean of course like whatever you do in your your fun time you do it but I think that that next level is being able to maintain everything else at a exceptional level too so I think that was for me my secret sauce yeah absolutely so I mean like I was literally being like oh like I'm just gonna go talk to coach and the teacher was like okay and then I would like leave school with my friends like literally could get away with anything and then you go to Penn State where they don't care who you are because yeah. you're one of about, like thousands and thousands of people, right. like what, 50,000 people? 50, 000, it's like very small. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm so great that you're Julie Grace. I don't care. Like you're just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. So that was like a rude awakening for me because I really didn't do well academically my first year of college and I had never done that poorly in school. And, um, you know, when you really want something badly enough, like I really wanted to care for people. I really wanted to be in healthcare. You find ways to make it happen. So I learned to sacrifice in order to accomplish my goals. But I agree with you that it doesn't have to be all or nothing. And I actually think that because mm -hmm. I am who I am and with my patients, because I'm still practicing as a, as a primary care physician assistant, and I think Danielle would agree too with her patients, because we're off the cuff and candid and like not so scripted and not so like have to be perfect. I've never had alcohol in my mm -hmm. life. Like the patients love it because it's like, thank you for being relatable. Yes. <laughs> they're so comfortable. They're so they're like, like, I feel that I totally agree. Like I, I think that there are professionals that are not allowed to say that they have blacked out before, let's say like, let you know, like that happens like that that does happen um you know you're not allowed to you know basically say that you've done anything that's considered taboo but the truth is like all of those things all of those things have led us to the place that we're in now i also feel like all of that partying and all of that socializing definitely helped some of my social skills <laughs> like I, I feel like i wasn't just in the books like i was i was out talking to people like that was helpful yeah. Also, we're like really selling ourselves that we were like wild, crazy animals. Like we really weren't. <laughs> I think we were like the norm. I think we were like the normal Penn State student in Greek life, probably right. even a little bit less. But like if if my mom, you know, was knew how often we went out and that we drank so often, she'd be like, oh, my God, like, how how could you do that? Yeah. You know? Okay. That's super funny. And it's, it's funny too, because I think I, I, I was the same way in college. And I think I always just like to highlight that a little bit, just because I think so many people, at least from my experience, when I get really candid on the podcast and share my history from college, everyone's like, wait, you did all of that whilst do, doing this. And it, it always just makes people feel like, wait, okay. Like, you know, because most people on average, like when you're 18, you go to college, like, yes, of course, you naturally want to explore what partying is like, or what Greek life is like. And I always try to emphasize like I was the same way and it's not just either that or stay focused and get your shit together. 
because I was able to do both. And of course, at some point you do have to shift like 60, 40 and then 70, 30 like percent. Right. But don't feel like you are completely out because you weren't like, you know, Zuckerberg, you know, working on Facebook like halfway through college and then just dropped it. You know what I mean? So I think it's just a story that, you know, people like Kylie Jenner is an extreme example, but someone like her where she's my age, you know, you don't hear about her saying, guys, I get hammered this weekend. You know what I mean? And I think people would really love to, they, they would feel a lot more comfortable being this age and looking this way and doing these things that they felt like the people that they look up to one way or another did the same things, but we just, most of them hide it. You know what I mean? Like most celebrities or influencers or, or people of influence hide the fact that they do these everyday people things. And I, I personally like to highlight those. Yeah, absolutely. Work hard, play hard. And playing hard doesn't necessarily have to mean getting wasted or drinking in general or doing any type of drug. Like just enjoy your life a little bit. It's important. Otherwise, what's the point of working so hard? Mm -hmm. There has to be a I couldn't agree more. Okay, so let's dive into the dating experience before we go into foreplay. Because I'm sure some of that has to do with kind of how foreplay, uh, I guess you could call it, where it was conceived. <laughs> so um, I guess both of you, how about you both share like that that final ho- like hoorah aha moment of, okay, like we need to like find a solution to this problem that we keep coming into, whether that was during college, you know, in New York City. I, I know I've heard New York City dating is very hard too, but <laughs> let's, let's get into it. <laughs> Horrendous. Horrendous. Um, I will be honest with you. I mean, it wasn't really one moment. I mean, the story of foreplay, the story of foreplay being born was definitely a moment, but it was not about how much dating sucks. Um, we'll tell you that. (laughs) We'll tell you that in a sec, but, but dating um, does suck. But dating does suck. Um, (laughs) and, and I think like for a few years, just like living in the city and going on these dating apps, like I was just getting so discouraged. Um, I feel like so much of dating apps revolves around appearance and for me, that's a really hard thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I personally, now we're going to get into the nitty gritty. I, I mm-hmm. struggle with an eating disorder. So mm-hmm. for me, dating is a really anxiety producing thing. Um, not only because of the getting ready and the like trying on all these outfits and like just really having like poor body image, but also mm-hmm. because like dating really revolves around food and drink. And with dating apps, you're going out with a person that you you've never met and like you're not comfortable regardless and then to bring into it like now you're on a date and you're eating and drinking in front of the person it's even (laughs) it's like I don't even know you like I don't even how I don't I don't trust you and I don't and now there are so many different um so many different things from so many different angles that like cause anxiety so for me it's like dating with a dating app is a really unpleasant experience it always has been yeah, I mean, dating is, it's really not that fun. Um, I feel like Danielle and I are chatters, obviously, if you couldn't tell. So <laughs> it's on a date, it's really easy, I feel like, to have a conversation with someone because I'm very good at asking people about themselves and then they just feel comfortable so that they can speak. But it's really not very like fun for me. It's very few and far between that I have a date that I felt like I was equally asked back about myself or felt like, wow, that was actually enjoyable. I feel like most dates are really underwhelming for me. Like there's like great text chemistry 
Um, and then we meet in real life and I'm like, oh, like, you know, mm. it's, it's disappointing. And, you know, you keep doing it because, I mean, what are your other options, right? Like, like you, that's the way to meet yeah, people. Yeah, you got to kiss a, a lot of frogs before you find your prince. But, mm-hmm. um, but it was discouraging. And my dating experience was different because I went from Penn State to my parents' house in New Jersey to then Rutgers in New Jersey, which was also like, it was, New Brunswick is somewhat of a city, but it's really, mm-hmm. it's really not. Right. So I was going on dates with guys in the suburbs. So I was driving to all my dates. So mm. we had a watch alcohol intake because you couldn't, you couldn't drink too much cause you had to drive. So the level of like relaxation and just being able to just like chill out wasn't there. And Danielle kept, I kept telling Danielle like, yeah, you know, I had to drive like 30, 40 minutes and whatever. And she kept saying like, you need <laughs> to go on a date in New York because you need to be able to just like drink and not worry about how like you're yeah. going to drive home, relax and enjoy it. Cause it's not enjoyable to, to like, you know, have to drive 40 minutes monitor yourself so that you can drive home. I mean, you should always monitor yourself on a date because I mean, you're meeting someone that you don't know, but it's a different experience. So when I had the opportunity to stay in New York for six weeks, when I was in my final semester at Rutgers um, and Danielle and I were in the car together because she was moving me into her apartment because I was staying with her for those six weeks. That's when the idea was born because um, I said to her like, you know, I'm so excited to finally experience what dating is like in the city but I'm sad that it's coming at the expense of hanging out with you and our other friends because I'm only here for six weeks. Mm. So we like, should we just do it together? Yeah. And by the way, like we, I, I am like obsessed with Julie. So anyone, (laughs) anyone listening, like who's in college or like who is obsessed with your best friend, it's normal. Okay. It's healthy. Um, So when she was with me, I was like, I I don't want you to go on dates. I want you to stay with me. But I also wanted her to go on dates because I knew that her experience was like driving 30 to 40 minutes to meet up with random strangers in New Jersey. And I wanted her to experience New York. So we decided to make a shared dating profile. And we basically uploaded all these photos of the two of us. And I made the description on the profile, swipe right if you and your awesome friend want to go out with me and my awesome friend. Mm. And that's Mm. when, that's when the idea exploded because everybody was writing back. We were getting so many matches, like inbox flooded with guys being like, this is such a good idea. Someone even was like, you should make this an app. Yeah, whoever you were, like, we owe you. Um, I, I, like, still have the screenshots of, like, the people messaging back being, like, this is such a good idea. Um, and that's when we really thought, like, wait, hold on. Like, this is a really good way to date. You date with your friends, and there's no pressure. You date with your friends, and it's safer. Like, there's the buddy system. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, like, there's no expectation. Like, you're just two people going out with two people. Like, how great is that? And within two weeks, we were incorporated as an LLC. And here we are. <laughs> yeah. I actually want to hear more about like what what your experience has been like dating. Like, are you? I don't even know. Are you single? What's your What's your situation? Yeah, I I, I think this topic is so fun, especially at this age. Um, so I actually dated someone for four years, pretty much all throughout college. So I I didn't really date around as much in college. I definitely had my fun pre-college, you could call it. <laughs> um, and then I ended things with my my old partner back was like a year ago, pretty much exactly a year ago. Like I'm talking like sub, close to September. 
December 10th timeframe of last year. Um, yeah. So I've been single for just about a year. Um, and I'm not going to lie for up until COVID pretty much, I was always in like for the past like years too, even when I was not single, when I was in a relationship, I was actually always against apps because I personally like to meet and again, this could be also my traditional East Coast mannerism, whatever you like to call it. I like to meet people organically. I like to meet, um, you know, if I, bar, restaurant, I don't care, social setting, wedding, like whatever that may be, um, even a gym. If I see a guy I like, like I don't mind coming up to him and introducing myself. I don't also don't mind like just kind of meeting at a random point, but just in person. And also you already see, you already know what you're getting, right? In person, because it's like you saw them in person. You can get a little bit of the energy connection too. You can just gauge all of that. And then when you go on your first day or whatever that may be, you get to know them officially. Um, whereas I feel like apps, it's kind of reverse where like you kind of get to know the basic concepts of them, like where they went to school, what they do for work, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then also, I don't know. I just, I just, family. <laughs> you, get to, you get to meet their mom through the yeah. pictures. You get, meet, you get to meet their cat. <laughs> you get to look them up on LinkedIn. Yes, that is true. So um, pretty much I've always been against it. And then pretty much long story short, um, I definitely had a lot of casual dating flings uh, throughout the past year flings as in like you know talking to a guy for like a month or two and then kind of fading out and at the time too I was like very happy to be single for the first time in four years so I definitely was not focused on it or anything like that but I think around June I downloaded hinge for the first time and this was my first time on a app ever so it was really wow. interesting yeah ever so I didn't even ever like have tinder bumble any of that in the past um although I've had people send me from Pittsburgh a catfish it, that's another story but I have people in Pittsburgh or Ohio someone have cat has catfished me and ironically I had a friend that yeah sent me a screenshot because he went to school in Pittsburgh he's like Emily are you in Pittsburgh right now I said no and then he sends me the screenshot of like this tinder profile and I'm like and it's like me, it's a skating photo of me. It's like me modeling my skating dresses. Yeah, like that's the main photo. The ultimate form of flattery. Like I want someone to catfish me. I want, I want <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Do you, do you think it was a girl that was catfishing you? Or it, you was it, was it was a girl. It so was here, a girl. So here, girl wanted to be you. Yes. Yeah, so here's the worst part. So basically the timeline was the funniest thing ever. This was, I think, 2019 or 2018 I forget which year it was I think 2018 and then yeah but basically it was around June or July 2018 and then my friend texted me that screenshot pretty much December 2018 um I had a random person DM me on Instagram and he tells me hey I just found your profile and long story short he goes I finally met up with this girl that I've been talking to on tinder or whatever app that was that was she was pretending to be you and obviously he found out she doesn't look like me, right? But he, I was like, where, like, where do you live? He's like, Ohio. And I'm like thinking, oh my God. I was like, where, where did she meet you? He's like, he's like, well, she lives in Pittsburgh. And I'm like, oh. it was the weirdest thing ever. So the, and he, the timeline added up because he said, yeah, I've been talking to her for about seven months. And at that time, like my friend sent that profile to me in July. I've been talking to her for seven months? Yeah, six or seven months or something. And I had a whole screenshot of it. I posted it on my Instagram story, but he said, he wanted to let me know. He sent me her Instagram as well. And it's photos of me. It's my name. It was, what? No. <laughs> it was a Wait, do you know, do you know, do you think you know who she is in real life? No, I think it's like an absolute random person. Like I asked him if he could describe, I don't know anyone in Pittsburgh personally. Like I live toward like an hour from Philly. I don't live on the Pittsburgh side. So I don't know right. anyone. Wow. 
this is insane. I feel like you should have a like spin-off podcast that's like an investigative journalism podcast <laughs> where you like try to we'll be in it by the way. Yeah, I'll <laughs> interview people. I'll go to <laughs> Pittsburgh for you. you <laughs> Yeah, I, that's insane. I mean, to be honest, I wouldn't mind looking like you. So I, I get it. Oh. But I get it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, it was just so I, interesting. I, I was just shocked. I was like, who is this person? Like, who is this girl? It was a girl. He met her in person. And um, he was like, I'm, I'm like, so sorry she did this to you. Uh, and I feel really weird that I thought this was you this whole time. And, and I don't even know who this guy is. It's like a complete random. And I don't know. I was like, how'd you find me? He's like, it just took a lot of digging, but I figured you were someone like on social media or like if she found your profile, you know what I mean? Wow. So, um, and obviously it kind of, it was easy to, if you look up like Emily and like figure skater and just like try to find like, you know, an Asian young girl, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, <laughs> but yeah, I think that I can't remember if I ended up getting that message last December. I know it was 2018. So it was December, 2018. I received the message from him and I definitely still have screenshots cause it has to be saved in my camera roll. But yeah, it was a, it was a weird thing. And I'm like, oh my God for me I'm just a very philosophical deep person that's why I said like it's much better for me to meet you in person and like try to have a organic conversational type of conversation right rather than like hi how are you how's COVID like what are you doing like you know and especially my age at 23 a lot of guys are always like what are you doing do you want to come over like do you want you know what I mean those kind of things so I always jump to like all right 29 and over <laughs> I mean, but like, you're absolutely right. And that's a big motivation for our app, honestly, because Danielle and I are the exact same way. We would rather meet in real life. Like mm -hmm. we would rather spark up conversation with somebody on the subway mm -hmm. or in a coffee shop, mm -hmm. whatever the case may be. I like, I was so anti the apps. I was so resistant and hesitant mm -hmm. to, to download them. I thought it was weird. Mm -hmm. Like I, I thought it was really weird. I judged people really hard that had them because I was like, what kind of mm -hmm. weirdness is this that you're like making this profile and yeah. like you're gonna just start looking at strangers and then be like, yeah, you look nice. Let's go out. Like it was like, just so, so weird. It was so weird to me. Mm -hmm. So I was really resistant to it until I finally caved because I felt like everyone was doing it right. and I wanted to to date and meet people. So I guess I should hop on the bandwagon. Mm -hmm. But it's very unnatural because you are talking to somebody before bef like and you're connecting before you're even really connecting so it's like right. there's a lot of hype that, there's a lot of hype before the date because mm -hmm. you think that you guys have such great chemistry because your conversation has been amazing but mm -hmm. then and in real life and you're like oh like that third dimension which was missing from the yeah. app is not something right. that i'm attracted to mm -hmm. right and there's also like there there's also no no degree of connection between the two of you. You're simply two random strangers on this planet who, because of an algorithm, came across one of one another on an app. And it's so true what you said before, like that you enjoy that those conversations where there's chemistry in person, mm -hmm. you know, before you then decide to exchange numbers and go on a yes. romantic. Um, but you know, as dating apps, dating apps get more and more popular people are losing more and more of their ability or their, or their intention mm -hmm. to like to, mm -hmm. to, to like spark up conversation. And I think that, you know, if you think about like 10 years ago, before dating apps existed, there, there was a way of meeting where 
there was a degree of connection. It was not a random algorithm. Mm -hmm. And that could have simply been, you live in the same building Mm -hmm. um, or your coworkers or like somebody like thought that you would be a good match and set you up. But regardless, there was some sort, there was a degree of connection. And so you were going from there and it wasn't a totally random thing. You Mm -hmm. already had just a little bit more of a chance of having a good date because you've mm-hmm. had something in common that's why you met <laughs> right and so, like how awesome would it be to be able to just go out and meet other singles and see if you like any of them that'd be amazing that's mm-hmm. why we create play because that's what we're doing mm-hmm. we're not saying like so maybe we should explain a little bit yeah should we explain what foreplay <laughs> yeah. is like yeah, we, we'll, we'll backtrack now or yeah so we'll, yeah, let's dive into <laughs> foreplay and what this app actually is and the concept of it, yeah. So Foreplay is a double dating app um, and it allows singles to team up with a friend and match with other pairs of singles. So there's no solo swiping. Mm -hmm. In order to play, singles have to join forces with a friend and match with other teams. Right, Mm. so the way that it works is you make a team with someone that you know in real life, a friend, a cousin, coworker, whatever the case may be. And we don't discriminate. So you can be same-sex team interested in opposite sex, or you can be co-ed, looking for co-ed. You can be gay, looking for gay. You can be a couple looking for another couple. Literally, the world is, you can be non-binary. Literally, the world is your four-place oyster. So um, you create your team, and you put the preferences in for the other type of team that you're looking to date. And you have your team profile that that highlights the two, the two people, you know, stats about themselves. So where they went to school, all the, all the, you know, most typical questions. If all four people on their own decide to like the other team, Mm -hmm. then it's a match, get a group chat so that the four of you can chat, get to know one another and decide if you want to take this to a real date in real life. Uh So what I love about our app, my favorite part is that it's not, I'm with you and you're with them. It's, Four singles who you who all decided, yeah, let's go out and try it. Like, yeah, like let's, we let's go meet. We will go out with them. It's like, yeah, we will go out with them. And they're thinking, sure, they're cute. We'll go out with them. And you're just going out, and it's reintroducing the natural first step of dating that's been taken away. So it's putting four singles in a room and seeing who naturally vibes, because right. we guarantee that you're gonna go on a foreplay date with somebody who you never would have swiped right on had it been a one-on-one app but you're going to meet them in real life and you're going to be like, wow, their personality is incredible. That's my person. Mm-hmm. Or, or you'll go, we, we guarantee that you're going to go on a date and you, regardless of whether there's chemistry or not with the other team, that you will still feel like you had a good time. You will still feel like you didn't waste your time. I mean, you went out with your friend. I mean, is it ever a waste of time to go out with your friend? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we will like- also guarantee that you will go out with someone who's super hot and <laughs> be like, wow, they're beat. And I'm so glad I wasn't alone with them. And we can guarantee that because it happened to us on our foreplay. Yeah, day. We, we, <laughs> we had some experiences on foreplay that, that make foreplay still awesome. I mean, having a bad date on foreplay actually proves the point that foreplay rocks mm-hmm. because we, we still had a good night. Right, <laughs> right, right. 
Okay. I really like that. I think it's so true. I think, um, you know, the whole organic piece or like that, that beginning piece of getting to know someone, like you said, how it's taken away in that singles dating game or rather on normal apps like Tinder and Bubble. You know, I think it's really funny. Um, like that was that, I, I definitely had a rare experience with that one hinge date I went on and ended up actually like really liking that guy. Cause for me too, I, a lot of my friends will always be like, Emily, you're so picky. You never give a guy a chance. And it's like, you know, I, I just don't have the energy to contribute to someone that I can just instantly tell I don't vibe because it's very easy, especially as you get older. I, I'm, I'm sure you guys agree that as you get older, you just start to read energy a lot better and you start to read yeah. the energy if, if the connection is there. And I'm pretty yeah. much already at that pace, I think probably in part of being in a long-term relationship prior. So that's how I felt with this guy. I was like, oh shit, like this is like actually real energy connection. And and it was more than, it was also right off the bat in text too. Whereas I think every other person I talked to over text or over the hinge app, just by texting, I could tell like no chemistry there, even just by text. And again, most people would be like, oh, you're just too prejudgmental. You have to go out and like try it. But I'm like, I don't know. There's some things you can just predict just by the way their their mannerism, their body language, whatever that may be. So I think that is why I do always prefer meeting like, or just finding a way to meet them, you know, organically. But I think that is true too. I love being able to just be in a environment with a friend and be like, oh my God, that guy's cute. Let's go up to them. There's like a group there. You can find one that you like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> talk, about, talk about like things like that you need, to, like physical things that you need to see in person. Mm-hmm. Like I don't care how cute somebody looks on an app. You do not know what their breath smells like until you meet them in person. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. There's certain things that like you don't know from an app like you don't know what their voice is gonna be mm-hmm. there's their natural smell you like they're their pheromones like you have you haven't you ever met someone that you're like wow i'm so attracted to you because you smell amazing right and like i don't like you're not even you're not even that hot to me like why do i want you and yeah like, must be some like evolutionary thing going on <laughs> what would you guys say is the I guess the biggest or common obstacle you guys have found with your dating life in with men, just, I don't know, because I, I know you guys are in your later 20s as well, this maybe gives some insight to those in the younger generation who have not experienced the same organic dating that we have had because of our, you know, older age generation. <laughs> I mean, I think for me, something that I really struggle with is I feel like I am a different person around guys than I am around my friends. Mm -hmm. Um, I am a straight identifying female. So like I, you know, for guys feel like I have to like have this attractive, girly, um, like ladylike appearance. Mm. And around my friends, I am like raunchy ratchet. <laughs> like, <laughs> so raunchy. Like, so raunchy, goofy. so ratchet. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, and then like for me, it's like really scary when worlds collide because I'm like, uh-oh, how do I act? Like I like don't know how to do both. Um and like again, like you know, all of this stuff, all of this kind of experience like goes into what drives me to go forward with foreplay. Um because like for me, I need an experience where I meet a guy while I'm with a friend. Cause that's the only way that I'm going to feel like he met me while I was being myself. Cause I, I just see. like, don't, 
I like don't know how to act around them when I'm like by myself. I like turn into a different person. What about you? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, you've always said that. And I, I wish I could have, I wish I could see what you're like with. Oh with my God. Guy. I'd be so embarrassed. Really? Because I would be like, oh, hi. Like, <laughs> oh God. Don't be like that. <laughs> Do that with your voice. <laughs> oh, kiss me. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> So I, I think what I struggle the most with in terms of my dating life is I'm by nature, I'm a giver. Like I just am a giver and I like to take care of people. That's why I went into healthcare. Um, so I have found a pattern in my past dating has been that I ought, like, I assume the role of the giver in the relationship and the relationship becomes very centered on, I'm also a straight female so I feel like the relationship, the dating becomes very centered on him. And it's like me building him up and telling him how awesome he is mm-hmm. and how he should pursue all his dreams. And it becomes very much like that. And then I kind of feel like, do they even like me because they like me? Or do they mm-hmm. like me because I'm making them feel so good about yeah. themselves? Mm-hmm. So that's what I really struggle with. And the last few guys that I've dated, there's definitely been that pattern there. And I always, I have like select few friends that I like share texts with, that I share stories with from my dates. And I'm like, what do you guys think? Danielle being one of them, obviously. And they, where, where I make excuses for the guy being like, no, but he didn't mean it that way. Or like, no, but he had this going on. They're like, Julie, no, like stop doing this. Stop doing that. So Mm-hmm. I, I already ask them for their input because I feel like I give people the benefit of the doubt and I need tough yeah. love. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, to have, to be able to go on these dates with a friend is like, I don't have to, I don't have to waste my time and energy with somebody where they're not a match for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's no, I feel like there's no giving benefit of the doubt. Like that's something I would definitely, if I gave myself advice like five years ago from five years, year ago version of me, like there should be no like making explanations. Yeah. Like you got to just read, read the room. Like yeah. you, you have to, you have to just take everything for what it is. Like I think a big problem in the past has been making excuses for guys um, trying to understand what I may have said that mm-hmm. may have caused behavior, but like, no. Yeah. I could not agree more with that. I totally echo that. And for anyone listening, whether you are, female, male, non-binary, transgender, whatever it is, take the Julie Griggs advice, which I, we created, my friends and I created when we were in grad school, mm. which is you are the fucking son. Okay. You, you are, are the, the son. son. See, she wasn't even there, but she's passionate about it. You too. are the son. <laughs> so here's what I mean by that. You are incredible. And the person that you are with orbits around you, mm-hmm. orbits around you because you are the center for them. You are amazing. And they should give you the opportunity to shine as bright as you are because you're the fucking sun. Yeah. Okay. So you should always be the sun. I'm not saying you should be <laughs> selfish. Emily's like, what the hell are you talking She's about? like, no, I, I, I love this. I love this. She's <laughs> like, <laughs> But I need, I need self. I'm giving myself a pep talk. I'm not saying that you should be selfish. I'm not saying that you should make everything about you. What I'm saying is find somebody who makes you feel like you are the sun and find somebody that you want to make feel that they are the sun and you shouldn't settle for less. And that's the advice that I would give myself because I never allowed myself to be the sun 
because I was too focused on making other people feel like they're, they're the sun. But it has to be a give and take. No, I actually do really, really agree with that, though. I think, you know, I was, I was actually just about to ask, like, you know, if you have any advice for the younger gener- female generation for, you know, your years of experience, what would it be? And I feel like that's kind of the answer right there, because I think again, definitely in part because I was in a relationship for so many years at kind of a younger age point that I recognize a lot of girls who didn't go through that relationship cycle yet or been in one that was serious are like that are my age right now are kind of giving, making it a little bit too easy for the guys. Is and, and I feel like they're not kind of taking that advice where they are really allowing themselves to be kind of just the shit, right? Like they are just like, Oh no, but I mean, maybe you know, like they, they're just kind of giving the guys a little bit too much of a benefit of the doubt, right? If there's a, there's a balance. It's it's always about being rational and understanding, okay, like where they're coming from. However, also understanding your worth a lot more. I think that's kind of an issue, personally. I, I hope it doesn't hurt anyone's feelings, but I do think there is this issue amongst fellow females, regardless of age, of this this understanding of your actual worth and actually being able to stand by it. I think there's a lot of us that like talk about self-worth and being like, you are actually the shit, but actually being able to walk away. I think that was where I stood when I walked away from my past relationship. And it was actually a very healthy breakup. But I think for me, ultimately it was, I just don't, I'm not being treated like I am the center. Right. And I think that was the, I talked to my best friend about it. She's been dating her boyfriend for seven years and she's like, Emily, if my current boyfriend did not do this for me, I can walk out today. I said, are you fucking serious? And she's like, absolutely, Em. I'm like, but you've been dating him for seven years. She's like, Emily, I don't care how long I've been dating him for. I don't care how much we've been in, blah, blah, blah. If he doesn't uphold these values and standards and treat me like this, which is very similar to just what your concept was, then I will walk out the door. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. Well, I'm about to walk yeah. out the door too. And I... And- <laughs> We have, we want to speak at the same time, but we're very passionate about this. I, I also think that like, there is just this stigma of, um, crazy girls. Girls are, cr- girls are crazy, right? Like, so girls, girls mm-hmm. think like they hear that they hear girls are crazy and they think, well, I don't want to be a crazy yep. girl. And, and actually you only are a crazy girl if you make it seem as though you have standards and then you apologize for them. Now you're acting crazy. Like, <laughs> like if you have standards and then you're being like, oh wait, sorry, like, sorry, I got upset. Like, sorry, I was too upset. Like, I like didn't mean to freak out. Like, sorry, I'm like, I'm being crazy. Or like, sorry, it's that time of the month. Don't ever fuck with that. Like, <laughs> then it's like, that's crazy. But if you can like own that you have standards and like that you actually um, have boundaries and you, they need to be respected. That's not crazy. No one's going to think that's crazy. No, it's really not crazy. And especially in today's world where we're so like female oriented and like the future is female and women empowerment, like we should walk the walk. It shouldn't mm-hmm. just be a talk. Mm-hmm. It really shouldn't. Right. Um, the other point that I was going to make before when I was equally passionate with you is I gave your friend a ton of credit and I give you a ton of credit because it is way easier in today's world where your relationship has been on social media for those four years, seven years, where you're posting only the good moments of your relationship and you're never putting up an Instagram post being like, this is five minutes after we just had a huge blowout fight and (laughs) <laughs> like, love my best friend. Like, like, can't we spend forever with you? Yep, so when yep. that relationship ends, it's like, what happened? Like, wow, I thought you guys were so perfect. So to end that relationship, 
I give you and I give your friend who said Who's that she was honest. Like, yeah, because it is way easier to stay in a relationship and, and just settle than it is to get out of it. And that's yep. not right, especially at your, what, 23? Like, life is only going to get mm-hmm. harder. Things only get more difficult and challenging. Mm-hmm. And I say this and I mean it. I would rather be alone and happy than settle with someone and be miserable. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. I, I honestly always lived by that too. And I think I think that, again, that's something else I try to preach a lot to the younger generation because I see so many, you know, struggling with their relationship, struggling because they're becoming too complacent. And I was even in that cycle and I just pulled the plug. But I think even for me, reflecting on it, I remember thinking, honestly, I had that thought of breaking up with him for months and months prior to actually doing it. I just stuck around a little bit too long, but hey, I like at least got out of it. But I will admit it's so much easier staying complacent and easier staying in the relationship and having these hopes of like trying to make it work when you have that gut feeling saying yeah it's just not it's not happening it's like it's not him like I remember being in a setting where I was I think this was like a Christmas break at one year and I was like looking around the room with like all the people I was with and I was like it's not gonna be him like I looked at these other guys and was like I wasn't like into them but I was just realizing my energy was just different around these people and it was different with him and I was like it's not gonna be him like I had that in my mind already and I was like you should have just remember the moment I do I I remember the moment I think um I think that's something I emphasize too is for for women is like if they feel that gut feeling like don't hold back on it and I've seen I have I've had friends that held back I've had friends that said well you know I think I think it's just a relationship like we we just need to make it work out I'm like but this keeps reoccurring you know what I mean? Like, it's just an incompatibility. It's not even like a bad thing. It's just rather like you guys are not the ideal fit for each other. And I told that to my ex-partner and I said, you know, I hope you find a better partner than me for you. And, and you know what I mean? It's not, it's not that I wasn't a good partner. It just, I'm not the ideal for him. And I even saw that and I'm like, and, and you're not ideal for me, but we've had a great four year run and it just kind of capped out, you know? it's kind of part of life like you cap out the the length of it and some things just kind of stay stagnant some things keep like growing and growing and those partners are like obviously more ideal yeah right your listeners can't see danielle but who just gave me like this glaring look because (laughs) because i know what you're thinking because i've had so many yeah like i make excuses for people right and and I say like, I don't, I think I'm just anxious because of this. I think I'm being, Mm. I think I'm anxious because I'm crazy because I have commitment issues. And then her response is like, there's a reason why you're anxious. Something is not right. Right. Like when you're anxious, like you're, I mean, not all anxiety, because we know some anxiety is pathological. I absolutely have pathological anxiety, so I'm not disregarding that. Um, But a lot of the time, like when you are anxious in a relationship, like you do have to consider, am I being anxious because I struggle with anxiety or am I being anxious because I, my brain is perceiving a threat, a threat to my well-being, a threat Mm. to my happiness. Am I, and, and then pushing past it and ignoring it is like the worst thing you can do. Yeah. Mm hmm it is what was the longest relationship both of you guys were in um the longest relationship i was ever in um i mean i had like my like uh, high school into college boyfriend um that was like i guess four and a half years but but that was that was a crazy relationship um that was like one of those high school roller coasters um and then i had a serious boyfriend um for a little over two years as an adult 
Yeah. I have, I used to, I've gotten so much better, right? With my anxiety. Oh, yeah, I used yeah. to have- No, really, you're incredible. Yeah, I'm incredible she's, now. She's an incredible woman. I used to have a really hard time with dating because I got super anxious when guys were like ready to commit. And I can identify and recognize that now it's because I didn't have the capacity for a boyfriend because I was so focused on getting where I needed to be career-wise that I didn't have the energy or the mental or physical space for a boyfriend. And so I self-sabotaged probably anything that would have been any type of long-term relationship. So now that I'm like settled in my career, but now not because I'm starting a dating app, (laughs) I feel finally like I have a really good sense of who I am as a person. I have a really good sense of what I'm looking for in another person. So for the first time in my life, I feel like I'm ready to seriously date. Whereas in the past I had dated and I actually would very much encourage people to go on as many dates as possible because you learn a lot about what you're looking for and about what you're not looking for. And every date that I've had has been valuable to me because it has led me in the direction where I'm heading now, which is finally feeling like I know what I want. Mm, I really agree with that. And I say that for my myself as well, because I think, again, kind of probably because I went through a lot of my own life learning experiences. I mean, I moved out here on my own. I think I just kind of grew up, I don't want to say too quick, but I definitely grew up at an exponential pace compared to most of my friends and peers who are only 23 as well. Um, But I think that's something I recognized if, if you were to ask me like one reason why I am so selective with dating. It's because I, I oddly enough kind of figured out exactly what I want and what I don't want in a partner and just for my life in general. Um, because I think I went through that. I think, I guess you, you would call like that twenties at whatever point that could be mid twenties, early twenties, late twenties, um, like adversity period. I think everyone kind of goes through those years of like just shitty years or like a shitty year, that one year. And I think I went through it really badly in college and then just kind of came out of it learning all those things okay this is what I want this is what I don't want and then I come across different experiences again thinking oh okay this is another reminder like that's not what I want so um, I think that's true I think some people don't know what it is that they want and don't want yet that might be sometimes like the obstacle and also I would encourage people to date different types of people like yeah I've dated mm-hmm. other ones I've dated people that weren't white. I've dated other Jewish people. I've dated people that weren't Jewish. I've dated foreigners. You learn a lot. (laughs) You learn like what you learn, what your deal breakers are, what you're okay with, what you're not okay with. It's so insightful to date people who are different and date people in different contexts. Like the one-on-one date, like, yes, it is like for some people, like a great night out, like where you, you know, might get drunk or might have a great meal and let's say your meal might even be paid for and like great but like getting to know people um like doing activities like with another person or like meeting their friends or having them meet yours like just 
understanding that person and how that person fits into the world and who that person is and mm -hmm. how they interact with the world, not just how they interact with you. Yeah, that's super important. In a vacuum. It's like when it's like using like these dating apps, it's like you literally you have nothing mm -hmm. in common. Like you only met each other like on an app. So then you're seeing this relationship, you're experiencing it in a vacuum because you never knew this person in relation to their friends or in relation to their job or in relation mm -hmm. to their neighborhood. Like you literally just know them how they are towards you. And then it's like, who mm -hmm. are they? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think um, back to Julie's point too, in regards to like dating different kinds of people, I think um, like just such an irony is that I was against dating apps. And then I met a guy that actually really, really liked. And mind you, I would say I had a lot of potential for dating, just timing didn't work out. Like I would have actually seriously considered dating him. And I rarely say that for anyone. Um, and then secondly, I think as well, he he's also in, in like the arts, like he's in cinematography and obviously doing very well for himself. And I think I always was set in my ways of, I don't know if you guys have watched the show Suits by any chance, but I've always was no, very set in thinking, oh, I'm going to probably end up with someone in, like a lawyer or someone in business or finance and someone more of that structure just because of the way I am. And I just definitely had a more got like structured guideline of like, okay, this is the type of guy I'd go for. And he was kind of the, not the opposite, but definitely different flavors of like what I would have originally chosen if like, if someone were to give me a menu and like ask me to pick. Yeah. And it was really insightful for me to see like how well I got along with this guy. I think it was a combination of, of other things as well. But I think that opened my mind to, okay, like apps aren't terrible. Although it was just that one person, it's still without the app, I wouldn't have met him or we might've crossed paths differently, who knows. But secondly was also just seeing, had you put his information on a resume, I would not have selected his, needless to say, I would. <laughs> yeah, so I think it, for me, it was really entertaining and really nice for me to say, yeah, you were wrong in two areas, like the app thing and the, just like the context of a guy. And I honestly do enjoy being wrong. I actually do, as weird as it sounds, I enjoy it because I'm like, well, I learned a lot from that and now, I take that away into my future experiences. So, I, I mean, a, an amazing feature in our app, I think, is on Foreplay, is if your teammate already liked the team that you're seeing, there's a thing on there that says, you know, teammate approved. It's like the teammate approved badge. And if you try to swipe left, you get a pop up that says, are you sure you want to, you know, give the thumbs down? Your teammate already gave the thumbs up. And your two options are fine, I'll be wingman or no, I'm selfish because <laughs> we tried to be like funny, obviously. And like, we're not being like serious. Like you're, it's okay to say no, but we're trying to encourage you yeah. to step out of your comfort right. zone. Like, okay, so it's not about you that night. Your friend's interested. Like, let it be about your friend. Just go support them. You never know what's going to happen when you go out. Right. It's like, okay, like maybe you're not into like brunettes, like maybe you're a girl who usually goes for blondes, but you know, your friend already swiped right on this team. You have, a, you see a teammate approved badge in the corner and you're like, okay, like I, I will go out with them. And then you go out and, and, and as we've been saying, like you could really have chemistry in real life. You just don't know. Or you can make an amazing new friend that yeah. you didn't have before. Right. The friendship thing too. I like that. Um, I wanted to ask, how did the name foreplay come about? 
because everybody loves foreplay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because foreplay. everyone needs foreplay. I mean, you can't have chemistry if you don't have foreplay. <laughs> um, it came about actually because Julie's brother was a genius and was like, light bulb but like i know what you're gonna call it and he said foreplay and that's when i was sold i mean before that i was like not even sure if i wanted to be bothered with like the group chat of the griggs family like <laughs> like being like you guys should make this an app but like when he said foreplay i was like ding 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 i'm in yeah danielle like in the beginning thought we were joking when we were like we're making this an app she was like okay like can we play pretend later like i'm not interested right now i had a long day and i was like no like we're actually making this an app and then she was like, okay, like, tell me later. And then I came out of the bedroom and I was like, Ian, got it. It's foreplay. And she was like, I love it. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> we have to tell people right away what the app is, like when we say foreplay. And it's really embarrassing for me when I'm like at work and a nurse says to me like, oh, like I heard you created a dating app. Like, so what's your, so tell me about your dating app. And, and I say like, oh, it's called foreplay. And I just see like the shock and horror. Yep. And I'm like, yep. oh my God. So I feel like I have to like, without even a breath, just go straight into the pitch. Like, this is exactly, what it's not for orgies. Yeah, no, <laughs> oh not my God. for orgies. I mean, I mean, if you want to have an orgy, own. I mean, enjoy yeah. your orgy. <laughs> <laughs> not why we made it, but like, it's totally capable of it, it, uh, do whatever you giving want. you your fantasy. Just do it safe. Be safe. Be safe. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Cool. Well, any last and final advice for the up and coming young female generation? It can be dating related. It could be career related. Any just like one single thing, like if you could tell your yourself, uh, let's say like eight to 10 years ago, what would it be? Mm. I'll go first. Go first. Yeah. I would say just in probably career wise, um, life wise in general, if you think that you can do something, you probably can do it. And if you think you can't do it, but you're willing to try, you'll be surprised and you probably can. And I think that, you know, when, when something seems really overwhelming and it seems like it's impossible to do, challenge yourself to do it because we're capable of more than we think we're capable of. And mm -hmm. I think that's important. And I think it's important going into 2021. I mean, we have an election soon. It's, there's just so much uncertainty right now in the world. And my advice would be just challenge yourself to do something if you, if you want to do it. I would say, um, that attractiveness is all like about confidence. Mm -hmm. And that um, no matter how you look and no matter how far you think your looks might stray from what is considered ideal, it doesn't matter because the most attractive thing about somebody is their confidence. And me building my confidence and like owning who I am um, and starting to kind of show off who I am um, has made, I think other people like me more also. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's been a really big learning experience for me. And everybody listening has something to be confident about. Yeah. We are all fucking awesome. There yeah. is something in everybody, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, intellectual, whatever it is, you have a part of your story that is fucking awesome and you should own it and be confident about it. Yeah. Where can everyone find you guys? Um, social media, the app, share it all. 
Okay, so the app is available on iOS and Google Play. Well, I am so happy that I got it right that time. Yeah, I've she always saying, calls it iOS. I've been saying iOS and like it's really not okay. Um, <laughs> um, but now I just outed myself. But iOS and Google Play. Um, and then you can also find us on social. Um, we are on Instagram at Foreplay Social. F O U R. F O U R P L A Y Social. Um, and we're also on Twitter, but Instagram is really our, our main thing. And we're on Facebook as well. Awesome. I will link all of that in the show notes. Thank you guys again for being on and having such a fun conversation. (laughs) Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed today's conversation with Julie and Danielle, the co-founders of Foreplay. And if you guys are curious, be sure to go check out the app. I believe it is available in the app store. And of course, as always, I will link everything you need to know in the show notes. Before you leave, please be sure to rate and review the podcast if you have been enjoying it. As most of you know who already left a review, I always try my best to reach out to you personally and give you a thank you. It really does mean a lot to me and I do always love to hear your guys' feedback regardless if it's positive or just a little bit of criticism. I'm always open to it because without it, we cannot improve. So thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast. And again, if you are curious about my career ebook guide, you can check it out on my blog at emilyelizabeth.blog. And until next time, stay safe, sane, healthy, grateful, and I will chat with you all next time. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for.